Welcome to a brand new episode of Paranormal Dads. I'm your co-host, Andy. I'm Pat. And I'm Eddie. Join us as we go in search of the world's monsters, myths, and mysteries right here on Paranormal Dads. Welcome, everybody. We have a great show lined up for you today. A little variety, a little something for everybody. A little Whitman's Paranormal Sampler. It's a buffet. <laughs> yeah. Of, yeah. A buffet of boo, if you will. A buffet of the benevolent. <laughs> <laughs> a smorgasbord. Well, Pat, the- Pat is uh, freshly back in the United States from overseas. He has a nice French tan on yeah. his skin. You're yeah. listening there, Pat. Yeah, it was... Uh, gallivanting in the south of france man we went and uh, did a little boat cruise on the canal du moody moody canal du moody Ooh! and uh uh the the trick to this is i had to drive the boat nice so we're talking about a 24 ton 46 foot bohemoth it was kind of like getting in a uh, oh uh, i don't know what you know like a trailer uh mobile home on on the water, right? And driving it down this canal. Did you have to get, like, French boat certified to drive uh, well, this boat? Well, it was like a 15-minute drive that uh, our... our the, uh, the, the guy who was our host or whatever would, would take me out on the boat to teach me how to drive it. And he gave me about a 15-minute... Uh, our 15-minute crash course, and I do mean crash. Oh, no. <laughs> and uh, it, it was funny. We One of the first things we did, we kind of drove a little bit down the canal, and then it opened up into this larger body of water, kind of mm-hmm. like a lake. Mm-hmm. And there was a large bridge on the other side, and I had to go under this bridge. And the bridge was very low, so if I would have stood up straight while driving through this thing it would have taken my head off oh so yeah. as we're getting close to the bridge my instructor is like okay i'm gonna stand up we need to duck now <laughs> i'm like okay well what about the umbrella right behind us oh no and the guy turned around he's like oh no like, Sacre bleu. <laughs> and it, you know by then it was too late the the umbrella caught the bridge it went flying off the back of the boat into the water oh man and, and uh, so we continued on i did my little you know certification course out in the <laughs> in the lake we came back and went through the same under the same bridge and here's a guy standing by the lake he had a fishing pole or some kind of a pole and he had dug the the, the umbrella out of the water. That is amazing. And, and here you go. Caught an umbrella fish. It was it was it was damaged and no good. So we got back to the you know the port or whatever, and and the guy went and got us a new umbrella. He said that was my bad. You know I you know I should have known to to take it down. The guy from the Qu- shore. Of course, the umbrella they gave us wasn't very good either. And shortly <laughs> after we we took off, you know, on our on our excursion. Uh, this thing, uh, you know, didn't really serve any purpose for keeping us cool, and it was very hot. It was like that week in Omaha where you were getting 100 degrees, you know, multiple days in a row. It was the same way in France. So this air conditioner in the boat 
it really didn't keep the cabin cool at all. Only when you pull into a port and you're plugged into 20, 220 power that you would get any kind of cooling out of it. Yeah. And even then, you'd have to stand under it, so the bedrooms weren't cool. Oh, no. It was very hot. <laughs> uh, so we were on that thing for like three days. It was supposed to be like a seven-day trip, and uh, we were on it for three days, and we were all getting badly dehydrated. And it was a lot of work driving the boat, and then also my wife, she was a real trooper. She'd have to jump off. Uh, the boat as we go pull into these locks where they would lower and raise the water level to get us up and down this this canal yeah and um, and she and uh, and my son and his friend uh, would would jump off and kind of tie up the boat and it was a very physical work though and <laughs> you know made for a hot trip and finally after about three days we pulled into a port and said we're done you know we're we we took the penalty. We 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 paid some extra euros to to leave the boat where it was. They were going to send somebody to pick it up, and we got on a train. We went went back to Toulouse, which is the city we flew into, and we did things like uh, we went and saw uh, Top Gun Maverick. Hmm. We went yeah. all the way to France <laughs> yeah. to see Top Gun <laughs> to experience the. French we went to version. some museums. There was a, a the European Space Museum uh, was very cool, and uh, we went to like a natural history museum and. You know, just did vacation-y type stuff and, and, and drank a lot of water. But somewhere <laughs> in France is 10 gallons of Pat Sweat. Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. It was it was yeah. an excursion. It was interesting. Uh, I'm not much of a world traveler, though. Just being on a plane for 10 hours just about kills me. But uh, I think we, we have, survived. Don't we have some We have some listeners abroad in oh, yeah, you know, totally. parts of France, oh, England? Sure. Yeah. Actually, yeah. Uh, we didn't we want to give a shout-out today? Oh, yes, to Mr. Terry Swabby. Hello, sir, if you're listening. Hey, Terry. Calling, uh, well, emailing us from the uh, jolly old land of England. And it uh, says that he enjoys the show quite a bit. So Yeah, actually, Terry, awesome. he, he uh, sent us a message, said, Hey, guys, new listener from England. Got to say you're a funny bunch and really enjoy your shows. And I've been listening for about 20-odd episodes the last few days. And he says, Who needs music when you have the podcast? Oh, so nice. keep up the good work. That's exactly oh, thank you, what, sir. That's one, of our, that's one of our taglines. Who needs music? We have paranormal dads. That's right. <laughs> that's right. It's uh, I I like travel. I've never traveled overseas. I know it's a lot of work to get to these places. In some cases, it's just nuts. And as you were describing your trip, you could almost see it start to kind of like break <laughs> down a little bit. You're like, it's hot. Yeah, it's so hot. And it was... uh, my girlfriend Jill lived in Europe for the better part of a few years, and she was in France. Uh, in the summer too, and she was like, "It gets incredibly hot there." People yeah. don't realize how hot it gets in France. You never hear about France in the summertime. It's yeah. always France in the spring. <laughs> it, it, it's almost like air conditioning is not a priority yeah. to them, like it is for for no. us here. Um, and even things like going to restaurants, you, they, they'll bring you water, but it's it's usually like a like a wine bottle, you know, seven hundred and fifty milliliters or so of water. Yeah, and. Um, it's shared by the table, and you get a small glass, and you pour it in. They don't put any ice in there unless you ask for it, and even when you ask for it, you'll get maybe a couple of cubes. Yeah. So it was kind of a culture shock for us, but uh, you yeah. know, it is what it is. You know, it's there, and that's the, the way they do things, and 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 we rolled with it. And yeah, the notion of a giant <laughs> cup of ice is just not happening. You're oh, not getting this big gulp. I, thing. I, I was just, I was, I was over there, and I'm just dreaming of like. Ice cold Diet Coke. That's another thing you can't get over there is Diet Coke. None. At least I, I did not see Diet Coke. Wow. You could get Coke Zero. You could get regular Coke. Couldn't get Diet Coke. Wow. That's scary. So, 
Yeah. That's yeah. paranormal. <laughs> Andy's, Andy's eyes got big. He's like, what in a Diet Coke? That place is like a third world country. Then. But, <laughs> so, but yeah, that was my French excursion for the summer, and uh, we're back now, ready to do some paranormal stuff. Viva la France. Well, and first segment, recent sightings. I think uh, you're up to bat on this one, aren't you, Patton? Actually, it's Ask, not. Actually, it's me. It's, it's, oh, it's Eddie. Eddie. No, I'm, I'm only a slightly hurt. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> Shows you how much we, we coordinate before the episodes. Yeah. Right? It's me. It's me. Me, me, me. I'm the kid in the back of the class <laughs> raising my hand. It's a Eddie. very streamlined uh, process we go through yeah. preparing for these shows. <laughs> <laughs> you should see the, uh, the process we do. Uh, but yeah, it's my turn, and here we go. All right, everybody. Welcome to Recent Sightings and... Once again, a big hello to recent listeners. Uh, if you've, this is one of your first episodes or you're a fairly new uh, listener to the show, give us a shout-out on our social media. I'd love to hear from you. But on recent sightings, I, as we all know, if I've said this a lot, I have been on this alien kick for a long time, yeah. and I'm just really excited. So I was like, I'm going to find three recent um, UFO sightings mm-hmm. uh, that have been like corroborated across multiple things i love this now where it's not even like oh man let's get a camera where's the cameras on these things there's multiple cameras on these things they got like you know hundreds of cell phones recording the same thing aliens aren't even shy about it they're like what you know what what i'm gonna hover here for an hour get all the photos you want it does seem like it's something that's becoming more and more mainstream like you're hearing about it almost every week you're hearing about this new sighting yeah uh if if you want to use a nice allegory, if aliens maybe like 20, 30 years ago were more like like the secretive neighbor that kind of comes off and gets his paper and runs inside real quick and you don't really see him, now extraterrestrials are more like your crazy uncle who, who never wears a shirt. <laughs> he goes outside and like he's like waves to everybody and you're like, that's my uncle, <laughs> Uncle Zeke, just doing his thing. Uncle Zeke's out but yeah, like almost in a weird way, almost like almost showing off in a weird way, like, hey, we're here. So three sightings uh, recently, and this is fairly, as far as we're concerned, it's fairly recent. It's within three months, give or take, uh, of, of, of witnessing. And I, we have locations here, too. So here we go, everybody. Get your pen and paper out. If you're, if you're in or near these areas, you could look for yourself. All right. Uh, coming in at number, and not that this is any uh, ranking, but I thought they were interesting in, in order of, like, how hard it would be to, like, say it's something else, sure. you know? So for me, one of the more unique ones, but really just more extra, more of a paranormal, maybe less UFO, but seen over the skies of Ukraine, there was this white blob of light. I think I heard about this. Yeah. And it just sat there in the sky. It wasn't like a plane. It wasn't like anything. It wasn't a flare. Flares come down eventually. Uh, this thing was up. Uh, witnesses reported it from being up in the air for a few hours to being up in the sky for half of or more of the night, the, the whole duration of the evening. And uh, it was just this tremendous white blob of light. And it sort of like kind of would un- undulate and kind of move and kind of shift. But nobody could quite understand what it was. It wasn't the moon. You could see the moon separately from this. It wasn't a cloud. Clouds don't stay put for that long. Yeah, no. It's also not illuminated at night. Correct. It was right. very localized and very... And there was no spotlights. There was none of this stuff. There was no stream of it. it so was, it's not a blimp. No, no, no. Nothing like that at all. And um, people could even... Some people claimed to be able to see disc-shaped craft moving in and around Ooh. said blob. 
of light. So very weird. Was there any speculation about, I mean, obviously the war going on in Ukraine, was there, you know, some people theorizing if it could be military craft, whether that's Ukrainian or Russian or anything? They thought they had mentioned that, but also the... the uh, and not even the debunk, the people who had put it out there also came through with a comment like, it probably isn't because nothing we have, shy of like a helicopter, would be able to hover like that and also not for the, the better part of, you know, six hours. Or yeah. The, the, yeah. It's not going to just sit You're not there. not hover in a helicopter that no. long. No. No. And once again, the, the illumination of this was that of a... It was just radiant. It was very bright. I mean, it almost looked like, just from video, it looked like almost like, like a second moon. That, that's how bright it was. Like on a super bright, like moonlit night, that's what it looked like. But like its own light source. And you can find this on YouTube, obviously. You can find this on YouTube. You can find all this stuff on YouTube or Google if you look these things up. Uh, this would I would look up Ukrainian uh, UFO. Um, and then uh, you had mentioned this, but I kind of wanted to save it for another uh, episode. But I was going to potentially do uh, all, not all, but a lot of major UFO sightings during this Ukrainian-Russian war. I uh, didn't want to seem a little bit. I didn't want to seem a little bit opportunistic and be like, yeah. "Hey guys, this is tragic." Let's, but on the same token, there's been a lot of sightings of UFOs during this war. It, it almost reminds me of back during. I think it was World War Two or World War One or Two, where they had the Foo Fighters. Right. Yes. Yeah. These these balls of light that were zipping around, out maneuvering any kind of aircraft that we or the Germans or Japanese had, and. Yeah. Uh, and that's where the name, that's where the band Foo Fighters gets yeah. their name from. Love it so it's much. from UFOs during the World War. Yeah, I think from what I understand, like, uh, uh, Dave Grohl and, uh, was a big UFO nerd. Okay. Oh. Yeah, big fan. Yeah, of that. Um, coming in at number two, um, so, uh, actually, no, yeah, number two, uh, three bright lights, just very orbs, like big, round, bright orbs were seen in an evening sky. The sun wasn't quite down yet, so it was still kind of bright. And these things were brighter than a setting sun. And they were distinct in the sky. Boop, boop, boop. Three bright orbs that were just kind of hanging there. And it was seen over uh, Ukraine again during a... a um, they were lowering the Ukrainian flag for the evening, you know, over this base or mm-hmm. whatever. And they were pulling the flag down. And, uh yeah. They were playing their national anthem on trumpets and stuff, and people noticed in the sky these three distinct orbs. Didn't zip around, didn't do much, just kind of stayed there for a long time. Again, kind of odd, kind of strange. Mm. Um, This is interesting, too. In the daylight sky, seen over the skies of Russia, was a very distinct, very bright triangle of light. And they said, once again, as, as eyewitnesses, and you can see this on video as well if you look this up, the triangle is as bright as the sun. Wow. That's nuts. Yeah. <laughs> you think of triangles, you think, you know, people for years have been seeing them at nighttime. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah. three, just three points of light, and it kind of, you know, blacks out the stars a little bit. But yep. this was, this, the whole thing was lit up. Yep, and it is a hard triangle. I mean, you can see it in the sky. It looks like a giant, just glowing. I mean, for all you nerds out there from, from Legend of Zelda, just a giant glowing Triforce. So just, <laughs> and you're just looking at this thing. It's bright as the, bright as the sun, hard line edges on it, you know, triangle. Huge, yeah, in the sky, just sitting there. You know, and this is why well over half the population believes in aliens. Mm -hmm. You know, it's well over 50% now believe in that extraterrestrials are real and that they're here in our skies. I mean, short of landing and waving hello, they've done everything else, you know. Well, they, they, they say, you know, 
one of the arguments against Bigfoot all the time is why isn't there any video of Bigfoot? You know, but but this is one argument where there's plenty of UFO video out there. You oh. see a lot of UFO like recent sightings as 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 we talk about. Oh yeah, uh, just of UFOs and weird things in the sky, and it's it's video, and it's been a lot of them are analyzed to be authentic. Yeah, as. Uh as you just touched on, Pat, there was a there is a uh, astrophysicist, or he's a theoretical theoretical physicist named Michio Kaku. Mm-hmm. I mean, you and Andy knows about. Him. I think you do too, but you've seen this guy. I think so. Uh, he's, I believe, oh, yeah, Japanese. Yeah, uh, kind of has like longer hair. Mm-hmm. It's all white now. Mm-hmm. Very well spoken. Kind of just a smiley. Very has a very like a like a kind de- demeanor. Very about gentle him. energy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but up until and I, you know. We, you know, this podcast. How how old are we now? Are we five yet? Are we six? <laughs> how many years have we been doing this? I think we're we're probably five. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but this, I mean, our podcast is our podcast. But like, we've always been fans of this stuff for as long as I've known you guys. We've yeah. always been uh, talking about weird stuff. Um, and Michio Kaku has been on my radar quite a bit. Oh, um, over a decade, easy. Yeah. Yeah. And. Uh, Pre all this stuff, uh, when people would ask him about the the possibility of UFOs, he was very skeptical. In fact, he almost would shoot it down. He's mm-hmm. like, the likelihood of anything coming this far to witness what it would argue, the resources it would take for a, for a civilization to get here, for them to care a spit about us, would be like us, you know, you know, launching an F-14 to go look at ants. Like, why would we do that? We wouldn't spend those resources to do that. So I don't mm-hmm. think so. Now, and as recently as maybe a month ago, uh, Michio Kaku was on the Joe Rogan podcast, and Joe Rogan hit him right with it, and Michio Kaku came out with it and was like, yeah, they're real. Like, we already, I mean, what they are now is the big question. Where they're from, who yeah. they are is the question. How do they get here? Yeah, but he is a completely converted, like, I mean, and I like the fact that he allowed the data yeah. to lead him. He wasn't going to just sit there. But there still are people who are in in the science community who are very resistant to this, you know. Well, that's that's a that's a fight they're not going to be able to win because I mean for skeptics and debunkers as all these uh cases and sightings are popping up, it's almost like the whack-a-mole game at Chuck E. Cheese, you know, oh, I got to debunk that one. I got to I got to write that off. I got to explain this away. Well, it gets to a point there's so many of them, you can't explain them all away. How do you explain a glowing triangle in the sky that's as bright as the sun? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's just that week. The yeah. next week, there's going to be another thing. You yeah. Know? And Pat alluded to it just a second. I said, said that exactly the thing is the big the big push was where's the video? And now there's video everywhere. Yeah, everywhere. Go, go for it. And yeah. what Heck, I love. Big, Bigfoot's taking video of UFOs nowadays. Exactly. So this in from Sasquatch. Really? Tell us more. Uh, but it's crazy. And I, the thing that gets me the most about it is like, and this isn't, and we talked about this before on the show, it's not so much that if this is real, if, if UFOs and whether they're us from the future or they are extraterrestrials or it's interdimensional, whatever it is. But I'm not attached to it in the sense of, well, if that's real, then everything else is. And we're, yahoo, you know, but it is for me a very like validating thing where it's like, it's only paranormal because we don't understand it. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. so, um, so another fun thing, speaking about suns and bright things, uh, the sun has really been, so as you, uh, people may know, we have satellites that monitor the sun. 
It's a normal thing. Mm-hmm. It's a part of NASA, and not even just NASA, like a lot of defense reasons. Solar flares, uh, EMPs, all these things, uh, electromagnetic uh, pulses, all these things are phenomenon from the sun. And they're not new. They're not paranormal. They're very sciencey. Um, and so we observe the sun. We look for, uh, like, dark spots in the sun, so, you know, all these things that would potentially spell problems for us. So right. we kind of monitor that stuff. Well, these satellites, they use a series of spectrums to analyze the sun. There's everything from X-ray to infrared, all these things that they use to just keep an eyeball on the sun. And with these satellites, there have been observed phenomenon that is very strange in and around the sun, where you have geometric objects appearing just outside the sun, everything from uh, rectangles, hard line edges, 90-degree rectangle, uh, these objects floating outside the sun, appearing to siphon off mm. literal energy or, or heat. Really? Or, How, yeah. How's that for solar power? Right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just suck it like, with a, like a Capri Sun in the sun. <laughs> like Capri Sun Sun. <laughs> Capri Sun squared. But we're, but we're talking really close to the sun. <laughs> Super close. Where it would I mean, melt any aircraft we oh, have. Oh, it would incinerate whatever was going up on it. And, uh, so, and, recent, and that's been fairly a regular kind of observed phenomenon is, is UFOs in and around our sun. And uh, in the same time frame, about three months ago, a very large, uh, very large multi-Earth-sized cigar-shaped object appeared, seems to instantly appear via like a warp, wormhole, stargate, whatever you want to call it, outside of the sun and seemingly just hovered and drifted in and around the sun. Really? Yeah. Cigar-shaped, just hanging out, doing its thing, getting recharged, doing just, something. Just working on its tan like Pat was in France, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, that thing, you're saying it's multiple earth size yeah the dimensions of this thing i mean it is a cigar shape right right but the cigar shape if you measure it end to end is approximately three earths long. wow that's yeah. big it's big because you you put us up against the sun we're teeny weeny like yeah. how many oh, earths? a million a million yeah. earths yeah. you could fit a yeah. million earths inside yeah. the sun so having a three earth sized object compared to the sun still is teeny yeah. but you put three earths big something in our sky it's going to take up the entire sky I mean, yeah. you're going to see all you're going to see is that cylinder in the sky. You know, it's crazy. Wow. Yeah, and <laughs> and some people have gone through and tried to debunk these things too. Oh, it's a glitch in the you know in the software that views the sun. All these things, but uh, the repeatability is where it gets interesting. You know, mm-hmm. because they were like, no, if this was an actual graphical problem, it wouldn't hold its shape. It would kind of drift in and out. It wouldn't be repeatable. And these things are definitely that. They're hmm. um, very interesting. Um, once again, uh, about three months ago, cigar-shaped object, three three Earths big, seen hovering outside the sun. Um, and uh, last, but way not least, because I think this is probably one of the more like interesting ones, a very, once again, defined triangle was seen as a uh, woman, uh, Miriam Bauzo uh, of Houston, Texas, was driving around her city, and it was a cloudy day. It was cloudy, but... Within the clouds, you can see a hard line, like a Dorito <laughs> in the sky, mm. on its side. So not like flying flat. How People have seen some of these triangle right. craft. Like they look up and see the triangle. Mm-hmm. This was more like the triangle tilted up 90 degrees, like you have a tortilla chip in the sky. And you're just yeah. like, woo, look at me. I'm a shark. You know, And, <laughs> and it was black, 
tremendously huge. They were like uh, trying to gauge measurements off of it. They were just like, you know, four or five football fields. Yeah, big. Geez. And it's just, black. Just black. Three, three, you know, three lines, boop, 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 just floating in the sky. <laughs> just, just daddy shark. Doo, 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 doo. Daddy shark. Oh, God. Oh, boy. And it, you see something that big in the sky. And this is one of the phenomenon that I like is when, you know, these UFOs that are, you know, zippy, pew, 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 you know, they're right. glowy. They look like discs. They're kind of the classic notion that comes into your brain. And there's been several videos captured from passenger planes, right? just like what you wrote in, like you were crammed in on flying right. to France, <laughs> uh, passenger planes and stuff like this, where these are massive yeah. objects seen yeah. in the sky that are slow. Yeah. They're slow moving. Look like a big old whale coming out of the clouds. You saw you that know? one that, yeah, yeah, that yeah. looked like a humpback whale almost. Yeah. It was just like, and it was, like, it was just odd. It looked like it was made of smoke, but also it had hard lines on it too. It was just very strange. And uh, that one was, like, rotating. Yeah, Remember that? Yeah. It was, like, shifting and rotating in the sky. Uh, this, not so much that, but very much a triangle shape. And just sitting there just kind of like, like I said, like a Dorito chip, just, just being hovered around. Just a shark fin coasting through yeah. the sky. Yeah. Wow. These are all videos that you yourself, listener, can look up. If you just Google these things, uh, they will show up. These are multiple uh, witnesses to these things. I'm going to have to check out that Houston one. That sounds cool. The Houston one is nuts. Yeah. Uh, and I know for me, when I've witnessed a couple of strange things in the sky, it kind of does a moment where you kind of like your brain kind of short circuits and you're kinda, your breath gets kind of taken away for a second. You're like, what, what, what am I seeing right now? Yeah. You know, what, what's happening? <laughs> time and space is being warped before my very eyes. Yeah. Well, like you said, Eddie, I mean, one of the debates nowadays is not, are they real? They're, they're, they're real. They're here. But the debate is, what are they? Yeah. Uh, I was actually watching a video the other day about, and we've covered this before, but the Randlesham Forest incident. Oh, yes. Where, you know, some of these, uh, you know, American military people went out and stood so close, they literally could touch the, the yeah. aircraft that was, you know, landed in this forest. But one thing I didn't realize about that story is the main guy, um, I can't think of his name, but the main guy who documented the audio of this whole thing, he said that even in the moment, he never got the feeling that it was extraterrestrial. He got the feeling that it was us from the future. Uh, there, hmm. uh, that guy touched the, he, he literally touched it. He touched it. it. Yeah. And he got downloaded. Remember yeah. this? He got downloaded. He remembered the message. And the, it was like Morse code or something, came, or binary code. It was binary code. And he was he wrote down all these ones and zeros, and there was messages. Yes. One of the messages literally was for us to be able to do more with you, essentially. I'm paraphrasing. Yeah. You humans have to abandon conflict. Yeah. That was like the, 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 the meat of the of the message. And the year was I think it was like eighty twenty one or something. something. It was like it was that, that yeah. far into the future. But he yeah, yeah. and I, I never knew that, but he never he didn't think it was extraterrestrial. He thought it was us coming back from the future. And uh, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know what these things are. I, I think he had a very British name. It was like uh Rendlesham Brandybuck. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of recent sightings, I'm just gonna throw this out there. I had a dream just last night. Like how recent was this? Just uh -oh. a few hours ago. I was go. having this in my last stage of REM's REM cycle. But I had I've had this reoccurring dream for as long as I can remember. Like twenty years I've been having this reoccurring dream. And it's a dream where I see a UFO in the sky, and they're never they're never disc shaped. It's never streamlined. They're always like these, uh, you know, wonky shapes, hexagons inside of hexagons. They look very uh, awkward, but it's floating there. And my my dream's always the same. I get my phone. I get I get a camera of some kind, and my I can't get the video to work. Like my phone is malfunctioning. I can't get it, and I'm like, gosh darn it! Nobody's gonna believe that that I I just saw this. 
Last night, for the first time ever, I got my phone camera to work, and I recorded like seven minutes of this UFO just hovering and doing all sorts of weird in stuff. In your dream. In my dream. Nice. Okay. And there's a party, and other people are getting footage, too. And, and it was weird, because then it almost became this... Um, time travel type of thing where the ufo is projecting images of the past and images of the future almost uh, into different rooms of this house where the party was taking place and everybody was observing this and everybody collectively was like holy smokes like this thing is showing us the future and it's showing us the past like almost we can dimension hop or time travel or something it was crazy so then I, in the dream i throw my phone in a, in a backpack and and I'm, I'm trekking through the forest trying to get home, uh, and I'm worried that somebody's going to steal this footage from me. So uh, I woke up, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I finally captured it. <laughs> I had it in my dream. Checking my Did phone to see if it's really phone? on there. <laughs> it was really there. Uh, it's funny you mentioned that. Only a few days ago, I was at work, and pretty much, I don't know about you guys, maybe you keep this closer to the chest. I'm very bad at, like, segmenting my life. Like, pretty much anyone at work knows that I do a paranormal podcast. Mm-hmm. And uh, and people, some, like new hires, they'll be like, yeah, here's Eddie. He's, he does this and this and this. <laughs> he also has a podcast where he talks about aliens and Bigfoot. <laughs> <laughs> and ghosts. Um uh, my former team lead, uh, I'm not, I'm, took a promotion, but my former team lead came up to me, uh, Wednesday this week and was like, I had the most crazy dream. And this guy is not, he is very like a, very much a Nebraska guy. He's, uh-huh. like, He's not into this. Pretty straight laced. No, yeah. Never, straight laced, black is black, white is white, you know. And, uh, he comes up in football, hunts, you know, classic, you know, yeah. I'm not saying, but just saying. Not prone to... It's just know, Joe Nebraska. Flights of fancy. Yeah, no, right. no. He comes up to me, serious as a day, as long as he goes, I had the most crazy, intense, like, realistic dream last night. It really, like, I woke up, like... And he goes, I went outside my house, and there was a UFO in the sky. And he goes, and it was so big. It was so big. He goes, it was like a city in the sky. And he goes, and it wasn't like UFO-shaped. It was more like a, like a floating city. Hmm. And he goes, and they were like craft, smaller craft coming out of it. And people were freaking out, but he said, but nothing bad was happening. But yeah. people were like afraid because this giant thing was floating As around. As people would. And he goes, <laughs> and then I just woke up. And I was just like, he goes, it was so intense and like real. I felt like I was really experiencing that. Uh, I was like, dude, that's crazy. Especially coming from people who would never right. just come out. Dreams are interesting. Yeah, in I've way. had dreams like that where it just seems so real. You wake up and you're just shaking because it just... It's, it just seems so real. Yeah. yeah. Makes you wonder if, I mean, okay, if aliens are, you know, so advanced that they can travel the cosmos to come here and say hello, they can easily download stuff into our consciousness. Oh, sure. So maybe they're just kind of like slowly, you know, warming us up to the idea, yeah. hey, we're here, we're, we're real, we mean no harm. And then, you know, they're pr- probably eavesdropping on this conversation. Like, right. Yeah, now. go ahead, talk amongst yourselves, you know, get used to the idea. <laughs> yeah, you cute little guys. Little monkeys <laughs> talking about pod little ants. <laughs> ants recording <laughs> podcasts. They're making fun of us. Oh, look at me. <laughs> they cover their ears with like headphones. <laughs> yeah. Uh so yeah, everybody, if you've got anything that you would like to share with us, if you have a recent sighting, this would be kind of fun. A little outreach. Share your videos. We've had several listeners send us uh trail cam photos and video and all that. And uh yeah, we'd love to see what maybe you think you uh maybe captured at some point. It'd be kinda of fun to see. Uh but yeah. Welcome Thank- to Thanks, Eddie trifecta of recent sightings mm, a little bit of this a little bit of that a little little sample i love it well up next on uh pop culture and the paranormal we have uh, mr pat Pleiss. it's time for pop culture and the paranormal 
So today, we're going to talk about fairies. Ooh. All right. Yeah. So if, if, if you're not up to speed yet, a fairy is a type of mythical being. Uh, it's a legendary creature found in the folklore of multiple European cultures, including the Celtic, Slavic, Germanic, Germanic, English, French. They all have fairies. Very European. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's a form of spirit often described as metaphysical or supernatural. And the myths and stories about fairies don't have a single origin, but they are a collection of folk beliefs from various sources. So they've been described as demoted angels or demons in like the Christian tradition, um, and even deities in the pagan beliefs, uh, as spirits of the dead and prehistoric precursors to humans, they've also been described. So uh, a lot of people think different things about where fairies come from and what they actually are. Um, the label of fairy has at times applied only to specific magical creatures with human appearance uh, and magical powers, but at other times it's also been used to describe things such as um, any magical creature like goblins and gnomes and, and different things like that. So, oh, dude, I was at a home goods store the other day, yesterday, and I saw a whole bunch of garden gnome things, and I immediately thought of Eddie. You know what's so bad? I still have my garden gnomes in the garage. From I take them in the garage during winter. Smart and I still haven't gotten them, gotten them out yet. I need to get a, them out. It's like a Bigfoot with gnomes hanging off of it. I do have a Bigfoot one yeah. with, with gnomes, and then I also have a few gnomes themselves. I need to get them out. Get them out, dude. Yeah, yeah. I'm behind the times here. It's all right, dude. I'm in France. So where am I going with this fairies thing in pop culture and the paranormal? Where? Ask me. So... This is from ScreenRant.com, and it is a uh, a list of the best movie fairies. Ooh, yes. So, um, number ten is the fairy godmother from Shrek Two. Oh, yeah. Did you guys see Shrek Two? I did. Yep. Yep. So she was actually kind of almost like the protagonist in this. this she film. wasn't very nice in this one, right? But right, but but she. Um, you know, a lot of people remember the fairy godmother in Cinderella, and she was, you know, the the lady who helped Cinderella do all these things and yeah. get the prince. But but this particular um, godmother, uh, she's the main antagonist, and and a brilliant one at that. She was manipulative with false kindness, only to make her significantly more likable. Are her cracking. One-liners all the time. The re- relatability of her failing diet, for instance, <laughs> uh, with trips to f- a fast food joint. So, um, and she also had two very catchy musical performances. So. I remember this. Yeah, I remember her being like oddly human. They really humanized the, the fairy godmother. So, I love Shrek. It incorporates just so many different fairy tales all into one. My favorite Shrek character still is the gingerbread man. <laughs> oh, my beautiful buttons. <laughs> He's like, eat me. <laughs> so number nine, this is one Eddie's going to like. Kira. Ooh, yeah. You know who I'm talking That's about? That's from Dark Crystal, the my Dark. man. You'll be playing around with Jim Henson stuff around this yeah, guy. Yeah, Kira from <laughs> Jim Henson's The Dark Crystal. Oh, I love the Dark Crystal. Is she's technically a gelfling? Yep. But there's no doubting her fairy-like appearance, especially when it's re- revealed that she has insectoid w- wings, and uh, 
something that's demonstrated further in the female Gelf- Gelfling mm-hmm. characters in the prequel TV TV series of the Dark Crystal Age of Resistance. Which, if you guys have not seen that, if you've not seen the Dark Crystal Age I of Resistance, not. it's on Netflix right now. A complete like begging of fans for the, the Jim Henson Company to make more Dark Crystal stories. There you go. Like I think it's like eight or nine episodes. Nice. Um, so one of the last surviving of her kind, Kira, is the movie's heroine. And a likable one at that, she is playful and kind, but also resourceful and a lot more knowledgeable about Thra and its history than Jen. And Jen would, is like the male, Mm -hmm. uh, character. Yeah, he's the, yeah, he's the, he's the hero too. So, yeah. So, uh, another one, I'll say their names, Flora, Fauna, and Meriwether. Is it you guys know? Is that who? from uh, Maleficent, right? Uh, Sleeping Beauty. Yes, and Sleeping Beauty. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Originally Sleeping Beauty and then later in Maleficent mm-hmm. when they redid that that film. Uh, they, they were the three good fairies of D- Disney Sleeping Beauty. And they'd probably be the stars of the show if it wasn't for Maleficent. Um, you know, they she, she kind of takes the, uh, takes the spotlight. But Flora, Fauna, and Meriwether... Are not only the main source of comedy in the movie, but um, they were one of the main driving forces. And Meriwether softens Maleficent's curse, uh, and the three protect and raise Aurora from infancy in secret. And they rescue Philip and give him magical the magical weapons he needs to kill the dragon Maleficent. So, this is one I didn't remember, but I did see the movie. Number seven is the Green Fairy from Moulin Rouge. Yes, did you the guys Green see, Fairy. See that movie? Yes. Oh, I love Moulin Rouge. Andy, yeah. I I did see the movie. I yeah. don't remember this, but apparently she was only in it for a short time. Very short time. Yeah. yeah. In the beginning, she kind of helps open the story. Yeah. So so um, firstly, she she's played and voiced by global pop icon Kylie Minogue, and then after singing the Sound of Music. The sweet yet sultry green fairy suddenly becomes a demonic and lets out a scream that would rival the screams of Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah, so crazy. Yeah, uh, the 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 little nugget there is that the green fairy is also a name they gave um, absinthe, uh, the drink. Right. Yeah. And that was kind of like an allegory, I think, for that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, number six. This is one I didn't see. Maybe. You've seen it, Eddie. Hellboy 2, The Golden Army. Yes. Has tooth fairies. Yeah, and they are creepy. Yeah. Not good tooth fairies, huh? <laughs> well, no. well, you go for it. I'll, I'll, if, if you don't mention it, I'll throw in something. Okay, so Guillermo del Toro is regarded as one of the best monster movie directors today because of his monsters and creatures are beyond extraordinary yeah. and beautifully terrifying. So it's no surprise that he makes monstrous fairies, too. Such as the nasty tooth fairies from Hellboy 2, The Golden Army. These vicious little creatures only have a short amount of screen time, but their grotesque appearance and sinister behavior have made them undeniably memorable movie fairies. This might be a crossover for Mr. Uh, Guillermo del Toro. Uh, he's done a, he tends to hover in those realms. I mm-hmm. mean, he's done other things, too, but he tends to really like the, the horror or whatever you want to call that genre. And... He those exact same tooth fairies, and maybe this is in your list. I don't know, 
uh, there's a movie that he did called Don't Be Afraid of the Dark. Okay. And it's all about tooth fairies. And it's this family. It has Katie, uh, Katie Holmes in it. And this family inherits this old mansion. It's always the old mansion with the inheritance. Yeah, it yeah. has to be. You know? <laughs> you know? Uh, so they get to this mansion. And the family's like, oh, man, this is a great old house. We could really fix it up. Oh, my God, this is great. Yeah. And they have, they have one little kid, little girl, about Sky's age, by the way. And they go I, – I was almost like, I don't – she can't see it now. She'll never sleep. <laughs> but, but it's like PG-13, too, okay. I, I think. But – um. They they go to sleep at night and they hear whispering all through the house like oh it's like oh what is this and eventually the little girl follows these whispery voices and uh, spoiler alert it's tooth fairies yeah. but these tooth fairies take the teeth whether they come out or not <laughs> that's the horrors oh, no. twist they want your teeth yeah and they eat them. That's no. the thing. It's like a food source for them. They, it's like they, a cracker. Yeah. Nice. Oh, yeah. They're holding up teeth and just mowing one down like mowing. a cob of corn. But the same tooth fairies show up in uh, Hellboy. So it's a nice little like crossover little thingy there. Okay. Sorry. That's about all in there. Wow. So number five is Toothiana and her team from Rise of the Guardians. You guys see that one? I oh, yeah. I have. It's a That's great a, movie. It's a great it's movie. It's a DreamWorks movie, I think. So the tooth fairy named Tothenia or Tooth. And her team of adorable hummingbird-like fairies in Rise of the Guardians are among the most unique fairy designs to date. Aside from her beautiful appearance, which makes Tooth an appealing character, is her kindness and passion. She clearly loves her job and her excitement is infectious, especially when the other guardians spend the night collecting teeth. And when her fairies are stolen by Pitch, it's one of the Rise of the Guardians' saddest moments. So... Yeah, but that one's cool because it has, I think, Santa Claus, Easter Bunny, Tooth Fairy, Sandman, Jack Frost. Yeah, all of them. Yes. Easter Bunny. It's not the yeah. one with Martin Short, is it? No, I'm no, thinking, of, Jack you're thinking of Santa Claus. Santa three. Claus. Oh, yeah. oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah, the Santa in this one, he's like a Russian dude who's got like tattoos. <laughs> he's no nuts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's great. He's like naughty and nice tattooed on his knuckles. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, number four is Krista. Um, from a movie called Fern Gully, The Last Rainforest. I love Fern Gully. Oh, love me some Fern Gully. It's a Don Bluth movie. Okay. Uh, so that came out in 1992. It's an animated movie, mostly memorable for its eco-friendly message, the zany baddie voiced by Robin Williams, and Tim Curry's spine-tingling yet seductive performance as the villain Hexus. Uh, the fairy in question is the protagonist, Krista. She is... Uh, naive and curious but likable which makes her growth as a character more endearing even if she is overshadowed by williams and curry's excellent performances krista is a very worthy protagonist so you seen fern gully Andy? yeah i've seen fern so it's, been, it's been a few years so fun yeah good message i think though. i was in college then so uh 92 I was busy then yep yeah that yep. was my last year of college so um Fairies by our, our fairies Pan's Labyrinth. Did you see that? Is that a Guillermo del Toro as well? Pan's Labyrinth. Uh, yes, it is. Yep, I've o seen it. Other fantastic fairies under del Toro's belt are the helpers of the fawn in the iconic dark fairy tale Pan's Labyrinth. Uh, when first seen by heroine Ophelia, they look very much like large insects. It isn't until later that they reveal themselves to be a little more typical. A little more typical to the fairy archetype, small and 
Thero with usually leafy wings. Is this the movie with David Bowie? You're thinking of Labyrinth. Oh, not Pan's Labyrinth. Yeah. No. Pan's Labyrinth. Labyrinth is a whole different ballgame. Okay. It's set during the Spanish Civil War Okay, around the early 1900s, late 1800s. And, yeah, it involves this little girl that discovers a fawn in the forest. His creature designs are next level. Like, they're always a little bit scary looking. Even the creatures that are nice are a little bit creepy looking, which is kind of nice. Kind of like never-ending story. Oh, exactly. Right? Yeah, it's a, exactly. just an undertone of eeriness to it all. Yeah, it has yeah. that kind of dread kind of yeah. cooked into it. But, yeah, the creatures are amazing in that movie. Number two is from one of my favorite movies, uh, especially, you know, kind of mystical type movies. Sherlindria from Willow. Oh, yes. Willow. So Willow is an 80s fantasy movie with Warwick Davis. Beautiful man, by the way. I met him before. He's just very, very kind, very open to talk to fans. When I I saw him at a convention one time and met him, and he was just a great guy. Uh, Despite uh, its mixed reviews, it's become something of a cult classic. Uh, Val Kilmer was also in that movie. Yep. So um, there, there's an upcoming sequel television series, apparently, on in Disney Plus for, for, for Willow. Mm-hmm. Uh, one character that fans want to see return for the Disney Plus series is Sherlandria, the Fairy Queen. In the movie, she bestows the hero Willow with her wand and sends him to find the enchantress Finraziel. Finraz- Raziel? Sure. Ah, sure. After his <laughs> supporting character... Uh, she is one of the most powerful characters in the movie, and it would be fascinating if fans could see more of her backstory in the series. So, we've done all that. Willow's amazing. Willow is amazing. It's one of the sneaky ones, like you were saying. I remember when it first landed, a lot of people were kind of caught off guard by it. Um, has a lot to, uh, and similar to it, to, uh, in my opinion, uh, to Lord of the Rings, where like the hero of it is the more you know, you, li- you would least expect yeah, yeah. Person, not the yeah. strongest, not the toughest, just has a heart of gold, right? You know, yeah. I loved it, and the cast was amazing. I mean, yeah, they had toys. I mean, it, they really pushed on the Willow thing, and yeah, I don't think it quite grabbed people as much as they had hoped it would originally. But yeah, it, it got legs at that point. And that was a Ron Howard film, wasn't it? I think so. I think That's he, a good point. I think he directed that. Yeah, no, the Willow series is uh, Disney Plus, and it should be coming out within the next year, from what I understand. That'll be cool. Oh That'll yeah, be good. So who do you think is number one? Oh, it has number to be, one it has to be Tinkerbell. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it has oh. to be. <laughs> I was going for the Ghost of Christmas uh, uh, present from Scrooge. <laughs> but she's punching him in the face. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. She had wings. She's like, So no movie fairy piece would be complete without Disney's Tinkerbell. Peter Pan had been adapted countless times for the screen, and no other depiction of Tinkerbell has reached the heights that Disney's version has. Tinkerbell may be tiny and not an, and not utter a single word, but she has one of the biggest personalities in the entire movie. Despite her rather malicious actions towards Wendy out of there jealousy, it there it is. it's extremely difficult not to like her. Tinkerbell is easily one of Disney's most iconic characters, and it's no wonder that she's gone to star in her own series of movies and has her own franchise. And when you, you see anything from, you know, like, Kind of like the Disney logo, it's Tinkerbell who comes flying out of the castle and kind yeah. of waves her wand. You yeah. Know? She's a big, big Disney character. I mean, it's arguable. She's comparable almost to Mickey Mouse. I mean, you see Tinkerbell, you kind of think Disney right out of the gate. Right. Mm-hmm. So, 
So there you have it, the top ten uh, fairies of, of the movies. And actually, we have a special guest now to give us some more insight on fairies. This is my daughter, Skye. She's eight years old. Do you want to say hi, Skye? Hi. Hi, Skye. <coughs> Welcome to the show. Thanks. And you know what's funny is Skye, for the last couple of weeks, she keeps begging me to, to talk about fairies on the show. And here we are. We're talking about fairies. You must have had a psychic are. moment, right? Mm-hmm. Or a psychic <laughs> moment, as we say. <laughs> you were talking about Harry Potter. There's pixies in Harry Potter. Yeah. Tell us about this. So, pixies are kind of like fairies. They just call them pixies. And pixies these are really mischief and trouble-like. And they are in Harry Potter. And the type of pixie, what's common in Harry Potter is the Cornish pixie. And in Harry Potter... If you can see, pixies are carrying up Neville Bottom by their ears, <laughs> and that's how, like, trouble they are. They cause all kinds of trouble. You know, Tinkerbell's kind of like that, too. Mm-hmm. And Peter Pan, she was always causing, causing trouble for Peter Pan and just doing silly stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think I remember that part, Sky and Harry Potter, where the pixies, they, they pick up that character, Neville Longbottom. They mm-hmm. pick him up by the ears, right? Yeah. <laughs> now, are pixies the same thing as fairies? Not quite. Pixies are more mischief and make trouble a lot. Oh, so they're like me. So they're like your friend Penelope. <laughs> <laughs> right? Is Penelope a pixie? It's a good name for a pixie. Penelope the pixie. Yeah. Right. <laughs> do um do I'm thinking like Tinkerbell, like some some fairies and pixies has have like glittery wings. Is there different? I don't know. Is there different pixies with different colored wings? Sky, what do you think? Well, in Harry Potter, I know Cornish pixies are like their wings are a sh- like have a tint of blue. Oh, they're bluish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Aren't some pixies kind of like ugly? Don't they kind of look like? Like trolls and stuff? Uh, well, what? no, but they kind of... Uh, I can't really describe what they look like. I've even heard, you know, some fairies and pixies are all kind of in the same family as like, even like trolls and gnomes and things like that. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're like cousins, Maybe you know? Maybe cousins or the something. The fae folk, I think yeah. that's the... Yeah, Call it, uh, kind of all in one wheelhouse. And then you have like uh, Tinkerbell, right, from Peter Pan. Mm-hmm. But she's she's not mischievous. She's kind of cute and helpful, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Except she gets a little weird around Wendy. You she, notice she, that she does. She I think she's a little jealous of Wendy sometimes, and she does kind of some mischievous, <laughs> mischievous kinds yeah. of things. Well, yeah. our dog who who passed away, Zico. He uh, do you want to tell do you want to tell everybody what we used to dress him in Sky when we would go to the park? A fairy costume. Oh, that's did funny. you? <laughs> that's, that's good comment. What did Zico think of that? He kind of liked it. Did he? <laughs> he likes to dress up with me and Penelope. Yeah, he like kind of likes being the center of attention, I bet. <laughs> mm-hmm. He liked me. He was the fanciest dog at the park that day. Yeah, <laughs> Fancy. I couldn't, to this day, I've never had a pet that liked to dress up. Really? Well, I, yeah. I still wish for that. Not even the dogs, huh? No. <laughs> I mean, cat. no cat likes to be No, dressed, I mean, the cats that do, they're weird. But, like, yeah, every dog I've ever had, I'm like, let's put a little hat on the dog. And the next scene is me covered in Band-Aids, and the dog, <laughs> and the dog like, runs off. I'm like, this is not fun. Growing up, I had a, a dog. He was part dachshund, part poodle. So he was kind of like was a, a long-haired dachshund, but he was black. 
And um, he did like having sweaters on. We'd put sweaters on him, and <laughs> especially in the winter. We'd put, he he, he kind of liked that. Plus he looks smart. Keep, keep his belly warm. See? He was like a toasty little hot dog. But, but Zika liked wearing wings, huh? Mm-hmm. That's the best. So you kind of had like almost, uh, you were kind of a witness to a fairy one time, weren't mm-hmm. you? Can you tell us about that? So what happened was one night I lost a tooth and I put it under my pillow so the tooth fairy could come. But what happened was I have two cats at my mom's house and they were scratching on my door and my mom woke up and wondered what that is and she took video just in case if it was the tooth fairy and she walked in my bedroom and she caught video of the tooth fairy while I was sleeping. That is so cool. So do you still have that video today then? Mm -hmm. So you can kind of keep that as kind of like a a memory, you know, from from the time you lost your tooth. Mm -hmm. That's real cool. That tooth fairy is fast though. I mean, if there was a competition for the fastest fairy, the tooth fairy is pretty quick. Right? But I think, would you get some more? You got some coins or a dollar or a gift card? What are the Tooth Fairy leaving? Gift cards? Cryptocurrency? What would they leave you Bitcoin under that pillow? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, one time I got a dollar bill with a Tooth Fairy print on it. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's cool. You know, I think I had a really, like, I think I had a Tooth Fairy when I was your age, when I was about your age. I think I had a Tooth Fairy that was still learning. She was new. On the job, she was a new hire. Uh, I open, like, I put my tooth under the pillow. I'm like, oh good, Mm-mm. I'm going to sleep. The next day, I lift my pillow up. Guess what's under my pillow? What? More teeth. She left a pile of teeth under my pillow. Oh my god! <laughs> I was like, this is not, this is not the this exchange. This is not how it works. <laughs> Were you feeling inside your mouth? Yeah, like, I was oh, like, oh, oh god, oh, oh, mine. <laughs> they weren't my teeth. That was a weird. <laughs> well, that's good. They weren't mine. <laughs> I think uh, she got confused. <laughs> Just a bag of quarters. When she <laughs> she <laughs> took all your quarters and left all her teeth. I know. It was so weird. I was like, I don't think she's, I think she got fired. She robbed your piggy bank and left you all the teeth. Exactly. She's working in with Santa now. They, they, they had her work with Santa at this point because uh, it was bad. Well, is there any, any other facts about fairies or pixies you want to share with us, Guy? Mm-hmm. So there's this thing called fairy rings, and what happens is when a fairy gets close at, it's like a little area where they have parties in. Oh, oh yeah, and isn't like the grass of a fairy ring? The grass is like missing, or it's like flattened down, or yeah. something. Uh-huh. And there's like mushrooms in a circle. That's how you tell it's a fairy ring. Oh, okay. It's almost it. like crop circles or something. I love it. Yeah. If I saw a fairy ring, I would like go and stand inside of it and be like. Can I go to your fairy party? <laughs> Have some tea. <laughs> How cute is that? Like the world's smallest crop circle, you know? Exactly. I mean? <laughs> it's like the size of this little weight, you know? <laughs> with, with, with Pat in the middle of it holding a pair of glow sticks. <laughs> glow sticks. <laughs> fairy party. Fairy party. Fairy party. <laughs> All right, Sky Myers. Thanks for being our special okay. guest today. You're awesome. And I you love are you. Awesome. Yeah. You are, and thank you for coming. And now it's time for the main mystery. <laughs> All right, guys. Today for the main mystery, I rounded up 
something terrifying. In fact, my daughter Sky asked me what the main mystery was for today, and mm-hmm. I was like, oh, it's about the... Uh... Never mind. It's too scary. <laughs> it's about bunnies. It's about bunnies. And bunnies. Cute, We're going to talk about bunnies rabbits, and leprechauns. Butterflies. <laughs> I love that you're going a little bit, or a lot of bit, scary on this one. It's a little it's dark. It's dark, man. Yeah. Not as dark as spontaneous human combustion. Remember I broke that one out a couple oh, years yeah, ago? Oh, yeah, that traumatized some people. Yeah. They yeah. were like, I thought this was a fun show. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going from light fairies to dark we're, to dark. We're going dark, yeah. Well, I'll put it this way. What's the opposite of white-eyed adults? White-eyed adults. It would be plaid-eyed puppies. <laughs> <laughs> Close. Oh, darn it. We're going with the black-eyed children. Ooh. Not Otherwise, to be confused with the black-eyed peas. Ooh. <laughs> old dad references there. <laughs> we bring the dad jokes. No, black-eyed children, otherwise known as black-eyed kids, uh, worldwide phenomena. Uh, really, you know, kind of started in the 80s, a lot of people think. Mm. Uh, took off with a, a bit more steam, actually, in 1996. Uh, there was a Texas reporter named Brian Bethel, and he wrote about two alleged encounters he had with black-eyed children. But basically, guys, this this phenomena, and you, dear listener, uh, hopefully you're not listening to this at night alone. <laughs> <laughs> but this is a, a legit phenomenon. People around the world claim that you know children, uh, unsus- uh, unsuspecting children will show up at people's doorsteps or to their cars or will approach them out in public or in a forested area. They're usually in groups of twos, sometimes threes, but usually twos, and their eyes are completely black. Yeah. Um, there's eyeballs. It's not hollow like a skeleton. They have an eyeball, but it's completely black. No iris. It's just uh, you know completely black. And, and no the, white of the eye. No white of the eye whatsoever. Black. Yeah. But the thing that makes these kids even more creepy is that they are, they're just very insistent that they need help of some kind. Mm-hmm. Um, almost, almost in the realm of uh, vampires, a lot of these cases where kids will show up on people's doorsteps, uh, they they claim that they need to be invited and they need to be invited inside. Unless unless you willingly bring them inside, uh, they generally won't come in. But they mm-hmm. they often claim to need help. You know, yeah. can we use your phone? Can can you offer us a place to stay? Yeah, can we come inside? And you how know? do you say no to a kid, right? I mean, right, and that's the other side <laughs> that's of that. The scary like, thing. It's very weird that these. Children are so like that's like the one thing, and they don't offer a, up other information, right? They don't say where they're from. They no, don't give you anything. It's always a vague story, and it's and it's always kind of uh, just this awkward mannerisms, awkward characteristics. A lot of people say that by appearance, there's nothing, you know, as far as their clothing and attire, there's nothing really truly strange. Although some reports say that they're sometimes their clothes seem a little outdated or old fashioned. Hmm. Um, you know, oftentimes they're even reported being uh, polite, you know, assertive and in need of something, but but polite. Um, you know, and it's kind of funny because different different uh, people try to explain this way, uh, explain this in different ways. So, for example, you have people of religious backgrounds claim that these cases of black-eyed children are, are demons. Demon. Demon. <laughs> you ask a paranormal researcher, they say they're ghosts. Yeah. You know, you ask a conspiracy theorist person, and they they'll say, "Oh, they're they're time travelers, or they're you know the in the wheelhouse of Men in Black." Mm-hmm. You know, but there's there's truly strange accounts. You know, and going back to uh, again, the it really this phenomenon really picked up steam in 1996. The Brian Bethel, the Texas reporter, uh, came out with the two stories of his encounters with the black-eyed children, and uh, he said that he encountered two children in Abilene, Texas with pale skin and black eyes. 
In 2012, Bethel retold his story on the TV show called Monsters and Mysteries in America. He then wrote an article for the Abilene Reporter News where he described his experiences yet again. And one of the stories goes like this. In the snowy town within the middle of nowhere of Vermont, an elderly couple heard the sound of three loud knocks on their door. They opened the door and saw two children, a boy and a girl. They said, our parents will be here soon, may we come in? The children did not make eye contact and just stood there in the doorway. The elderly couple were hesitant, but after a while they let the boy and girl inside. The kids settled on the couch while the wife made some hot cocoa and the husband asked them some questions, but all the questions went unanswered. The wife returned and noticed that her cat was scared and angry with the children, and the children asked, may we please use the restroom? The wife looked at the kids and she finally saw them. The children's eyes were as black as a starless universe. She directed them to the bathroom and returned to her husband, who was covering his face with his hand. Did you see their eyes? The husband asked. And then he showed her his handful of blood from a nosebleed that had just occurred. Whoa. The power suddenly went out, and the house turned as dark as the kids' eyes. The wife headed to the restroom and was confronted by the voice of the kids at the end of the hallway, which Uh. uttered, Our parents are here. The kids then exited the house, leaving the door wide open. The wife then noticed that there were two men at the end of the driveway. The men were tall and slender. The wife waved but did not receive the same friendly gesture in return. The two men and the children then drove away together in one car. The power then came back on a little later after the kids left. Throughout the next week, weird things happened in the house. Three out of the four cats went missing, and the fourth had been found dead in a pool of its own blood. The husband continued to have nosebleeds and finally went to the doctor where he was diagnosed with a very aggressive skin cancer. Oh my gosh. The legend even crossed bodies of water and landed in the great land of the UK, where in 2014 the the Daily Star wrote three front-page stories about sightings of the black-eyed children in the haunted pub of Staffordshire. Ghost hunters who believed that the black-eyed children were extraterrestrials, vampires, or ghosts uh, took these alleged sightings very seriously. Nowadays, people still claim to see the black-eyed children when driving late at night down an empty road or outside their window late at night, or even lurking in the shadows of their room. Many people have reported seeing the black-eyed children standing in the corner of their room during episodes of sleep paralysis, or even waking up in the middle of the night because they sensed someone was watching them in the shadows, where, and in the shadows were these children. You guys got goosebumps yet, or what? That's some creepy stuff right this there. This is bonkers. <laughs> it, um, it kind of reminds me of... You ever watch the the show Firefly? Oh yeah. So towards the end of the series there was uh they were almost like characters like the men in black mm-hmm. and they were kind of they they would show up they were searching for summer all mm-hmm. the time. And they uh I think they wore blue gloves. Does that sound right? I think you're right. They, it's been a while, but yeah. But but they had the ability just by looking at somebody to like make their eyes bleed mm-hmm. and and basically kill the person sure and that's kind of what this reminds me of with the nosebleed with thing the nosebleeds. That's, oh. yeah yeah and then three that's out of the four creepy. cats went missing yeah i mean they lost all four of their cats yeah all gone it's 
It's so hard to wrap your head around, like you said, because depending on the lens in which you're kind of trying to view this, uh, aside from being purely skeptical, I mean, just taking, okay, um, you know, uh, if you're going to go with this as an actual real occurrence, it's like these kids could literally be anything. They could be demonic. They could be a ghost. They could be extraterrestrial. They could be interdimensional. I mean, it's very, it's very interesting. You know, the tall, thin men, is it two men? Two men. Yeah. And they were talking about their parents. Yeah. Reminds yeah. me of the men in black or something like that. But sure. Okay, you 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 know, as parents, you could have two dads as a parent. You but, could. But even if that's the case, why wouldn't they wave back in a friendly gesture when these nice people are just, you know, taking their kids taking in. their kids in and yeah. let them use the restroom and stuff. Oh yeah. Oh when I said men, what I meant was men in black. Yeah, oh yeah. Because you yeah. don't really hear of like a woman being no. part of that setup. There's no like men and women uh in the paranormal sense, in this sense, not not the film, but you don't hear of women in black. No. It's yeah. always like these weird um, you know, Almost, uh, you know, like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Androgynous looking. Yeah, almost like, robotic and yeah. very rigid. Mm. Yeah, uh, yeah, dudes. Um, with these children, everything that I've heard echoes that story a bit. It's always something extra creepy yeah. that they send, that they tend to bring along with them mm-hmm. like when, when they show up somewhere. Yeah. A lot of people I know have just denied them entry into their home. Oh, yeah. They've been like, no. More times than not. Um, and there's there's even cases of them approaching people in their vehicle, uh, you know, knocking on their window, just appearing out of nowhere and just knocking on their window and saying, hey, can you lend us money? We need to get back home. And then, you know, they look up and their eyes are completely black. In fact, I, and I was reading article after article. I mean, they're not hard to find. Google this. There's more videos than there are articles, actually. Nice. Um, but, you know, a lot of people are sharing their stories. One one of these stories was a, a lady who talked about her neighbor, and this was a guy in his 30s, and he was a single guy, no kids. Uh, but he, he liked children because the, the lady said that oftentimes his sibling uh, would bring their kids over, and he this guy enjoyed playing with his nieces and nephews in the driveway and stuff. Really nice guy, just a sweetheart of a guy. And he, he usually went all out for Halloween. He was like the first guy on the block, you know, completely would deck his house out in Halloween stuff, and he enjoyed passing out candy to the neighborhood kids. And mm-hmm. So one one week, it was about the second or third week of October, she noticed he hadn't set up any of his Halloween decor. And she saw him outside, you know, picking up some leaves or whatnot. And she said, hey, you can get your Halloween stuff up finally. The, you know, the whole neighborhood's waiting for you to, to set out your spooky stuff. And he said, well, I would like to. But he said, after last week's, uh, after after last year's Halloween, I don't think I'm going to be passing out any candy this year. And she said, oh, what happened? And he said, well, he was passing out candy like normal, and his nieces and nephews went home around 10 o'clock. And so he kind of closed up shop and just was sitting in, sitting in his recliner watching a scary movie. And sure enough, there's a knock on his door at 1130 at night. Mm. It's too late, kids. It's too, too late. late. It's too late. We're, we're asleep. But he, he learned it was his fault because he had forgot to shut off all of his lights outside. Oh, so there you go. So his place was still a homing beacon for trick-or-treaters. Mm-hmm. faux pas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he opens the door, and one of the one of the kids, it was, they were both boys. One appeared to be about 16, and he was wearing a checkered shirt. Uh, the other one appeared to be uh, maybe 13. Neither one of them was dressed up in Halloween costumes. And he 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 noticed that both of their eyes were completely black and and they insisted that he needed to let them inside uh to use the phone uh that's they they said can we please we have to come inside we have to use your phone he was immediately freaked out and he said no no thank you you know went to close the door they actually put their hand on the door and insisted that they needed to be let back inside and uh so creeped him out even more 
And long story short, he was finally able to close the door on him, shut off the lights, and, and yeah, it, it shook him so much he didn't hand out candy the next year. Well, that's when you call the police, too. I oh, mean, yeah, he, I mean. You call the yeah. police at that, yeah. that late at night. Yeah. You know, yeah. And this was a pretty recent encounter in the last couple of years or so. So, you know, the guy was like, okay, well, there are color-changing contacts nowadays. It, it's, it could, could be, it could be, could be you know. Could be these kids just trying to be creepy and pull a pull a prank on somebody, but yeah. this reminds me of those uh, green children that oh, were from seen. from Woolpit, England. Yeah, 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 that were seen almost the exact same experience. They needed help. They had maybe a little bit more backstory about where they were from, but there was a very much and like you know in their case, no one came looking for them. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. I really do, and this is where I know, and I, you know, I may be you know, hinting here, but I lean, I, I tend to lean towards interdimensional stuff with that. It just seems, you know, that are like alien um, hybridization <laughs> experiments. You know, <laughs> like it just seems. I don't know. The demonic part's hard. It's so difficult. Yeah. I struggle with demon stuff too. Anyway, uh, so do I. I, I kind of lean away from the demon type stuff, but there are some cases which. Make me think maybe ghost, mm-hmm. because there are some instances of uh, people seeing black-eyed children who literally just vanish a second later as if yeah. they were never there to begin mm-hmm. with. Yeah. You know, but I'm, I'm kind of stumped. This, you know, usually when you have a, a, a paranormal topic like this, you can come up with, okay, it's probably this or it's probably that. Yeah, this one will leave you with your head scratched, you know, scratching your head a little bit. Yeah. Or it's like, you know, you're going back to the, the, old, the old hillbilly Zeke where he's like, I know that family with the black-eyed children. <laughs> There's their sons, Philip and Chad. They like to fight. They fight all the time. Two black eyes. Those kids, they're always punching, always hitting people. It's like, no, 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 their eyes are black. I know. <laughs> no, no. Nah, never mind. <laughs> well, one of the stories uh, that, and this, this will be the last one that I read here, but this one, this one kind of gave me the willies. And this this comes from uh, thoughtcatalog.com, by the way. The incident took place about 13 years ago. I had just moved to a new city with my wife. We were small-town newlyweds from the Midwest. We moved cross-country to one of the biggest cities in the Southwest so I could attend graduate school. Being native and new to the city, I habitually answered the door without a second thought. But I never did again after this encounter. I'm a changed man. (laughs) The first thing that should have tipped me off to the strangeness of this situation was the fact that somebody was knocking on the door at 6 o'clock in the morning. Man, these kids have no No. framework of time. No courtesy whatsoever. Maybe I'm a black-eyed child. Just rolling up. 6 a.m. text messages coming from Eddie. (laughs) The second thing that should have dawned on me was that this kid uh, would have had to reach over a really tall patio gate to unlatch it and open it which wasn't likely the knock on the door was startling my wife and i were getting ready for work a pretty normal routine the moment i opened the door i was overtaken with an inexplicable sense of fear to this day i can picture him he was a teenager average height average build knee-length black leather coat short black hair and sunglasses sunglasses at 6 a.m also struck me as odd uh, and what's even stranger is that he was eating an apple. <laughs> Not most people, mo- most people's go-to breakfast of choice, right? Most apple-eating people. I don't trust apple eaters <laughs> wearing pots on their heads, walking around America <laughs> dropping seeds. I don't trust them. <laughs> They're sunglasses. <laughs> so the kid was very polite and asked if he could come in and warm up. I said no, 
closed the door, and slid the security chain into its place. Ooh, did the bolt. Good move. Yeah. Good move. A moment later, another knock. I opened the, the, the now chained door, and before I could speak, he asked again if he could come in and warm up. Yo, man, I'm cold. No, I replied, and attempted to close the door. Before the door could shut, he put his hand out, stopping the door on its hinges. He looked directly into my eyes, still wearing his sunglasses, and said, Can I at least get some ketchup for my apple? Ding! <laughs> He's one of the... <laughs> That's proof right ketchup there. Eaten. Ketchup eaten. Ketchup eaten apple people. Dips it in there. Screw that, I replied. <laughs> uh, and I was a little confused, and I said, Get the hell out of here. My wife's calling the police. He takes a moment to let this information sink in. And then the kid lowers his sunglasses, revealing eyes as black as obsidian. And he says, no, you won't be calling anybody. At that moment, I forced the door closed, locked it, and called out to my wife. And she is completely scared, and she's hiding in the bedroom. <laughs> All jacked up on adrenaline, I rip the curtains back to look out the window next to the door. The kid is completely gone. No, no trace of him whatsoever. I go out on the patio and check the gate, and it's still latched from the inside. It was so messed up that I think, uh, I think to myself as I turn to enter the house, I notice a half-eaten apple lying on the ground. Mm. So the kid had vanished, but there was still uh, proof that he was there because of the apple. And that's why he doesn't buy apples <laughs> at the store. He's like, nope. Sees ketchup has, a, has an episode. Oh, if I had a nickel for every time a black-eyed kid left an apple core in my yard, oh, tell you what. Can I at least <laughs> the hierarchy of requests too are interesting. It kind of reminds me of like when you run you run across a random like stranger who just is odd in general, mm. and it's like, man, can I get a can I get a apple? No. Oh, okay. Ketchup? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, that's fair. Hey, can I come inside and warm up? <laughs> no. <laughs> Weird. Well, the story of these kids take me back to 1983 in the oh. music video. Of uh, Bonnie Tyler's um, Total Eclipse of the Heart. Yeah. These weren't black-eyed children. At the very end of the video, she's like, she's, the whole story, she's like this teacher at a boys' school. Yeah. You know, and uh, she was like a new teacher, and the headmaster is introducing her to all the all the boys as, as the music's playing. And like the last kid she meets and shakes his hand he's got glowing eyes like bright white eyes like yeah just like wham, wham, headlights coming yeah out headlights of his coming out of his face and it's really kind of a creepy video you have to check it out it's um it's on vivo and youtube that's the music video for total eclipse, total of, the eclipse heart. of the heart you gotta it's love interesting it. when an artist decides to have the video be completely bonker you know, like from the song but and then at the end gonna... kids with weird eyes though it's it's a creepy thing but you know what it's funny you say that because there in recent years there's been this new spin-off phenomenon called white-eyed children there it is mm. white-eyed kids and there's plenty of there's not as many cases but there are a few I don't know what the difference is between black-eyed children and white-eyed children. I, I don't claim to know that, but it, it is kind of interesting. I, I did come across another story as well, almost you know, v very similar to the one I just shared, but uh, the, the kid wanted to come inside to use the guy's telegraph. Oh, whoa! Yeah, well, there's there you're talking interdimensional. There you're talking time thing. traveler, yeah. time traveler, or weird. a ghost who didn't realize what what time period yeah. he was in. Yeah, but I mean. 
Telegram. Some, might as well. Is that something you did? Can I borrow your Telegram? I don't know. <laughs> Sir, may I borrow your washboard, please? <laughs> I have dirty pants. Can I borrow your abacus after I use your calliope? Yeah. Right. You should. You should. We should go around asking to borrow weird, weird things that are out of date. Can you imagine? <laughs> yes. Can I use your theater light, please, sir? I need to chart some stars. <laughs> I need Excuse to go home. me. May I use your butter turn? <laughs> <laughs> or it's butter churn, I guess. That would be not weird in an Amish community, but yeah, here it would be like, man, this guy wants to churn some butter. It's crazy. <laughs> For my apple slices. <laughs> yeah, no, I, you know, there is that phenomenon of like people who seem to be out of place yeah. trying to blend in. You know, it does scream of some men in black. It's a weird high, it's a weird thing. Like, I just, it's fascinating. <laughs> Yeah, you know. Hey, do you have any experience with uh, any strange, you know, black-eyed or white-eyed children showing up on your doorstep? Email us at paranormaldads at gmail dot com, and uh, if you know of anybody who eats uh, apples with ketchup, that'd be a good uh, be a good thing to let us know of as Unfriend well. Unfriend them first. You're like, <laughs> nope, we're not friends now. <laughs> we're done. <laughs> Shameless plug. If I could insert this in, I've recently started uh, my my own podcast. Ooh. It's called So Strange. And it's it's hosted by me, Andy Myers. You can find it everywhere you find Paranormal Dads, you know, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, all that good stuff. So strange, it's uh, basically me rounding up really cool articles and stories online, sharing a few personal stories of my own that correlate to those phenomena. And, yeah, only two episodes in, but I plan on churning out a lot more of those because, God, we just love podcasting so much. <laughs> I mean, enough. how many podcasts have you been a part of over the years, Eddie? You've been doing it nine years nine now. Nine years this week. He's the podfather. The podfather. I do what I can. You were doing it before people knew what a podcast was. Yeah, nine. You know I, mean? I mean, there were certainly people who did podcasting, but it's not nearly. It was not nearly as uh, as accessible as it yeah. is now for people. But uh, a rough count, probably total, uh, even ones that started and died, um, probably at this point, probably eight or nine yeah. podcasts. You know, at this point. But uh, right now, I'm running with uh, with three currently. Yeah. So there you go. So, uh, yes. Three is a good number for me. I think. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, hey, heck, I'll do a shameless plug. Uh, uh, I'm doing uh, dimensions. It's a journey of the mind. It's a, I call audio art for your ears. Mm. <laughs> audio art for your ears. Yeah, I was like, you know, how you put a painting on the wall, and you yeah. look at it, like this is a cool painting. You know, I was like, you know, I want to do like like audio art, and so that's what we're trying to take a stab at this. And so it's kind of we're, we're infusing AI art. If you've ever seen this, you can, and you can do it online right now. You can for for fun. There are AI chatbots. If you want to chat with some AI and help bring about the end of humanity. Go talk to an AI. There's also AI art creators, and it's using a algorithm, a base AI, and you give it prompts, and it'll basically draw up something for you based on your prompts, and you can continue to give it more prompts, and as you give it more prompts, it kind of generates a better and better product. And I'm yeah. going to go out on a limb here and guess the old prospector is not part of that show. The prospector has not yet shown up on that show. Uh, he may, though. Stay tuned. But uh, and, then, uh, and then the other one I do is every other Thursday, I do a show called uh, You Choose Podcast, where I go through a, a, with a co-host of mine, Lee Searcy, and we go through and read uh, 80s and 90s choose-your-own-adventure books. I love those books. Yeah, they're fun, dude. Yeah. And we let the listener pick the the choice and so we do a live video and then we post them up later as an actual audio but i've heard listeners come back and they're like man i wish i was on that show on the live version because i'm screaming at my car stereo like no don't go to the cliff that's the worst idea and then, and then you just catch on fire for some reason and you, you, you don't fall off the cliff but yeah so no i love podcasting i'm glad you're doing your own show this is exciting 
you know, we just love podcasting. It's just a good way to reach people. And I don't know, it, it, for me, it's almost like a throwback to simpler times, you know, back, I mean, before we were born, but, you know, back in the day when radio was a new thing and you just kind of gather around the radio and listen to some stories and let your imagination run wild with it. And that's that's why we love recording. That's why we love listening to podcasts. I mean, I'm an avid podcast listener. I mean, every every night of the year, 365 days a year, I'm falling asleep listening to a creepy podcast. And uh, it's just a labor of love. So thanks to you all for making it possible and, uh, you know, offering feedback and, and for your support. Because otherwise we'd just be three weirdos talking to a microphone uh, with nobody listening. So uh, uh, feel free to follow us. We're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Paranormal Dads. Email us uh, interesting content. Check out Eddie's other podcast. Check out my new one called So Strange. Is there anything else we're forgetting? Oh, July 29th? Yeah, July 29th. We are doing a live paranormal dad say what event oops so so uh what we got tickets tickets are on sale right now through my website which is andymyersonline.com you can buy a ticket we're basically going to record a live show there's going to be free pizza for the audience we're going to share some of our personal uh personal favorite encounters with with the paranormal and the unknown and it should be and the cool thing is about the venue that we're that we're doing this at, there's several big screen TVs, so there will be a lot of uh, pictures and videos and a visual component to our show, which you don't obviously don't usually get through a normal podcast. No, you're not getting those fun visual aids. But yeah, for a ticket, you're getting an evening with us, dinner, <laughs> <laughs> a couple of jokes. <laughs> it's a good time. A good time do, will be had by all. And we're going to do a Q&A at the end, too, right? That's we're do, Yeah, idea, we're doing so. a Q&A, family-friendly. I know my daughter, Sky will be there yep. uh, mowing down on some pizza. So, Yeah, bring the yeah. kids. So um, also thank you to everybody at freesound.org who provide a lot of the music and sound effects we have on our show. All right, that about does it, guys. I'm hungry for some ketchup on apples, so I Ooh, guess we're going to go. put a bow on this episode and go eat lunch. I'll put right. my black contacts in real quick. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. <laughs> I was telling Pat. The host with the French toast. The host with the French toast. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Pat comes back with a beret and a little goatee and <laughs> in a bag in a basket. This Eagle is Pat awesome. The mint invaders. Oh, thank yeah, you. I'm not fancy enough to have a Keurig. I, I boil one, my man. coffee in the backyard over a campfire. That'll do it. I got some wet crotch. You don't. You don't <laughs> More worried about Pat's got the computer. You got the water computer. You don't need wet crotch. Pat's got that French anything. sunburn. Look at that. Yeah. Wee wee. I'm even. Peeling yeah. off. Ooh, and, flaking off. Those, yeah. those European flakes. Mm. What I loved is that you saw Top Gun in a French movie theater. I did. <laughs> you were like, what's more American? <laughs> I don't know how many other Americans were in with us, but uh, um, th- I mean, there were people in the theater. It wasn't sold out. Sure. But, but it was cool. They were like, I want to see a Le Top Gun. <laughs> Le, Le Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs>